Yeah, so the imposter syndrome is the secret feeling of being a fraud, being not quite good enough and having doubt when you're not. So it's when you're capable and you're competent and yet you still hold yourself back and it's a bit of a mm -hmm. mystery for some reason and you fear somebody's going to find you out and you keep it a secret. So that's essentially what it is. The, the problem that it has, like you said, is that it, it holds us back from what we're already capable of, what we're already competent in. And people uh, get very stressed. It creates stress, confusion, isolation, and less ability to do what you really want to do and make that. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Uh, greetings and salutations, folks. It's Audley Stevenson back for another edition of the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. This is the Audacious Living Podcast, and I appreciate you for being here as we continue our ongoing goal of helping our listeners live their best audacious lives ever. As always, I encourage you to follow us on our, our social media channels. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the handle The Audacious Pod. Or if you are watching this episode on our YouTube channel, then you know we've got that bell down below. You just tap that, ding, 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 and you're connected to all great things audacious related. Now, we'll be talking about the imposter complex on this edition of the Audacious Living Podcast, and we'll also be spending some time discussing approaches that we can take to actually outsmart it, and that's how we combat it. You see, once we're able to, to get past the, the imposter complex and, 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 and get it in our rear view, if you will, we can take the necessary bold steps that are needed without holding ourselves back or, or even second guessing our abilities. Uh, now, for those who, who, who don't know or are not familiar with the imposter complex, or sometimes it's called the imposter syndrome, it's, it's when those feelings of, of self-doubt creep in and lead us to believe that we're not worthy of the greatness that we're entitled to. I've got Tara Holiday joining me on this episode of the podcast to expand on the conversation a bit more. She, without question, is an imposter complex specialist, and uh, she'll Again, we'll expand that conversation and how we can get the best uh, of the imposter complex and, and not let it hold us back. Uh, it really was a delightful chat that I think you'll all enjoy. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Tara Holiday. Hey, Tara, thank you for joining me here on the Audacious Living Podcast. It is such a pleasure and thank you for making a time like this. It's an absolute delight. Thank you for having me on here. 
it, it, it's it's a um a great you know so on this podcast we spend so much time uh talking about the importance of of, of us being audacious in our actions and um going out and doing all the big and bold things that we're meant to do and uh sometimes on occasion from time to time there's a thing that creeps in that impacts that our ability to do that and uh, it's a good old imposter syndrome and as a therapist that uh, you've specialized in this work you you know it well and you've done a lot of work in this area so i thought maybe uh, as a starting point maybe you could talk about for those that have heard the term uh, it's, it's it's well known as a term as it is i think let's start with sort of defining and making sure we understand what we're talking about when we say the imposter syndrome yeah so the imposter syndrome is the secret feeling of being a fraud being not quite good enough and having doubt when you're not so it's when you're capable and you're competent and yet you still hold yourself back and it's a bit of a mm -hmm. mystery for some reason and you fear somebody's going to find you out and you keep it a secret so that's essentially what it is the the problem that it has like you said is that it, it holds us back from what we're already capable of what we're already competent in and people uh, get very stressed it creates stress confusion isolation and less ability to do what you really want to do and make that big bold move and right. be audacious in your life yes I, I find it very interesting that um the, the 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 imposter syndrome allows us to um ignore you know all the successes and all the wins and all the things we've accumulated up until this point and all of a sudden it's like now you're no good right or now you can't do something but it's like well how did you get this far right you naturally think what yes yeah and, and that's exactly the point um imposter syndrome shows up when people have got success i think when people are, are just starting out they get this idea that when i'm successful then i will feel like i'm successful right and yet when they get successful and they're still not feeling it, that's where that's imposter syndrome. That's where it's coming up. And it's affecting their thoughts, thoughts about themselves, feeling uh, not quite good enough, self-doubt. What if they find me out? Uh, it, that then trips your nervous system and you get feeling anxious or overwhelmed. Mm. You're going to fight, flight and freeze. You can't think so well. Right. And then to try and deal with that stress, then you start doing some coping behaviors like you become a perfectionist or you procrastinate <laughs> right. you deflect praise you over prepare you compare yourself to others all of those to try and cope with that stress and right. then when you see yourself doing those then you judge yourself for it feel wow. bad about it and that and so you can see these symptoms they just go in this wow. cycle that just reinforces one another yeah I can see where people beat themselves up, right? When, especially when you get into that phase of judgment, like you're just literally beating yourself up over and over and over again. And then you go right back to the start. Yes. And it's just this loop that you're on. Yes, because that seems to be the proof that you're not good enough because you're doing these, these behaviors that you know are not productive, causing you stress yep. and, and not helping you. And you just can't seem to get out of them. Yeah. And, and I think it's important Tara, that we make the distinction, you know, who's impacted by this? Because it's not just uh, um, uh, any, like, it's, it's all, it's, it's, it impacts, it's impactful to everyone, um, whether you're, you know, the CEO of a major corporation or you're, you know, coming into an entry-level position, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. So that, so there's when you're coming, when you're learning something new and, and there is this myth, right, that this is a beginner's issue. When you're coming into okay. something new, you're just mm. learning. It's uncomfortable, right? You don't know the ground. You're still learning skills. That isn't what imposter syndrome is. And some people talk about it. Oh, I was just beginning. I had imposter syndrome and then I got to do stuff. I learned stuff and it went away. No, that's right. that's that's when we're that's we're in the learning zone. And imposter syndrome strikes when we've developed all our skills, right? We've developed the 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 expertise and the success, and that's where it shows up. So what we're seeing before is well, there's an underlying belief that drives all of imposter syndrome that pretty much everyone has. Okay. And so it's it's not that it's a beginner's thing. But the driver behind it, the root cause of imposter syndrome is there. And so it can show up or not show up. But to assume that it's just a beginner's issue then makes people who are like the CEO of multi-billion dollar corporations, it makes them feel bad about themselves because they think, well, how, why? Right, right. (laughs) I got this. Right, right. And we see it, you know, Meryl Streep, for example, has won more acting awards than any other person in history. And she still thinks at the beginning of a film when she's just starting to film, why would anyone come and see me? (laughs) Oh, man. You know, there's no level of success. You can't out-succeed imposter syndrome. It will never prove to yourself that it's enough. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and we're talking about it as if people are able to identify it. There are people who are experiencing it and have no idea what it is. And, that, and that's it's very dangerous, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So people think that it's them, right? They're, they're looking for a reason why they're doing these behaviors, why they're so stressed, why they're ruminating and, and, and feeling bad about themselves. And they think it must just be me. It must be my personality, my character. Maybe it's a flaw or a weakness. And that makes them feel even worse about themselves. Yeah. The fact is, it's it's not. The, the root cause of imposter syndrome is actually a belief. And it's a belief that we developed way back in as, as we were developing as a child. Or rather, it's something we failed to identify. And that belief is that our worth is conditional. That is, our worth as a human being depends wow. on what we do, right? Mm. So if I do something good, I am good. If I do something bad, right. I am bad. And the belief is that we never separate, the, what the belief is, is that we never separated out our worth from our actions. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that is the root cause of it. So it's not even about your childhood right it's not a specific right. childhood experiences right. right it's just that at that stage in development where it was natural you know between actually it's between 18 months and three years old where a little child is developing themselves a sense of themselves as a as an individual person that individuation and they don't learn that their worth and their actions are different and this is 99.999 percent of people right and this was identified way back in the 1950s. <laughs> but at the time, they thought that you couldn't change the adult brain. They thought that, the, you know, the, uh, the, the brain was fixed. It didn't go grow new brain cells. We couldn't right. change it. You know, it's kind of tough, really, which is real shame. Mm. Um, but things have changed. 
you know, in the 1990s, people started talking about neuroplasticity, which is the yes. ability of the brain to change. Yes, oh. yes. And as we get into the, you know, to the other side of the century, now we, we're coming to um, discovering the chemicals in the brain, the neurotransmitters that allow our brain to change and give us an idea of how to make the change. So something that we thought we were just stuck with. Yes. Now we know we can change. Yes, so, yes, so yes. going back to so imposter syndrome is based on a belief and we can change that belief. And when we change it, it just disappears. It melts away. It, it, it goes on to the next person. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But, you know, I, I do I do appreciate the distinction made between our actions and our, and our self-worth um, because as individuals, we oftentimes do tie ourselves into the things that we do. Um, and, and, and I think those, and, and maybe those who are able to make that distinction more naturally, do they experience self, the, the imposter syndrome the same way, do you think, or is it different for them? So there are, there are maybe um, five or six people in every 10,000 who actually develop a belief that their worth is unconditional right they developed it in childhood mm, through wow. yeah. you know the, the lottery winners basically right? yeah, 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 <laughs> lottery right. winners of childhood the circumstances were that somebody caregiver wow. could teach them this teach them it enough and they have a remarkably different life remarkably because they don't take things personally right? mm -hmm. because they it, it doesn't you know, something that they fail to do something, but it, it doesn't even occur to them that it makes them bad. Right. <laughs> so it's it, it becomes then, oh, that didn't work. Let me try something else. Now you right. see the freedom here because then you're not being bogged down by the past. You're not telling yourself, oh, it must be me. It's like, oh, that didn't work. I'll try something else. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Just move on to the next thing, right? It's like, oh well, and and and, and it's interesting because um th those individuals are seem to, they like they seem to be more happy go lucky, right? At least that's the impression that they're oh yeah, well, it doesn't work. Let's let's try something else, right? And so you know, it's yes. like like they don't have time to be bogged down with it. Yes, exactly, exactly. You know, it, the word I like to use is effortless because mm -hmm. when you don't when you have unconditional worth. It's like you forget to doubt yourself, right? It's, 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 it's like it doesn't even come up, right? Somebody offers you, oh, here's this great opportunity. Huh, oh, would I like to do it? Would I not like to do it? Rather than, oh, I don't know if I can. And that's the difference there. Right, makes sense, makes sense. The, the, uh, uh, I, I guess the identification, I, like, like I, so, so I, I have these experiences. How do I know that, like, yeah, this is the imposter syndrome? Like, what, what are there any signs or things specifically that jump out at me that tell me that? Yeah. So th there's the, the the three symptoms I mentioned earlier: the, the imposter okay. syndrome, thinking that that self doubt, that's one. The stress that you're feeling, the tension, the anxiety, overwhelm. Mm. Right. That's a part of it. So that's plus right plus 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 and then the the behaviors that i mentioned so there are a few of those there's procrastinating there's hiding your opinion not speaking up enough um there's avoiding so you might avoid a new role so that somebody won't gotcha. catch you out um deflecting praise right oh it wasn't me oh i just got lucky uh, <laughs> um keeping it a secret is 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 very very common perfectionism as i mentioned comparing comparing 
how you're feeling inside this self-doubt to how other successful people look from the outside, right? And, the, and, and so you're comparing, you know, apples and oranges, right? <laughs> and you're comparing, you know, your, your self-doubt and make that and that and that's making you bad there's over preparing which is really really common gotcha. um feeling that you don't have enough qualifications even though you do so you go oh well i'll just take this next course i'll next do this next do this next program and then there's pushing through which is you grit your teeth and you take okay i'm stressed i'm, I'm just gonna carry on and hope that i can out succeed this imposter syndrome and, and, and right. that never happens. so yeah so there there are all the clues um i also have a quiz a free quiz that you okay. can take to measure okay. it so maybe i'll give you okay. the link and you can put it in there sure um, sure we, we can yeah, make it we, our listeners check out the show notes and yeah. we'll include that link um i would imagine that when you when you you know so so if you establish yourself say as and as a as an expert on a topic um you know the the the, the syndrome boss syndrome can certainly I can see where it can weave its way in because you're asking yourself, you get see the question about, well, who gives you the right to say that you're the expert on this or what makes you think people are listening to you? Like I can sort of see when you, especially when you sort of stand out and go, I'm an expert authority on this. Are those people more susceptible to the imposter syndrome? Um, I think it's anyone who's required to stand up anyway. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So we're talking about, so imposter syndrome shows up when people get to a, a, a level. Well, it's most obvious when people are at a, a higher success level right. and they are required to do things like that. Yes. Um, if you are suddenly, if it's suddenly sprung on you, like it's yes. a new thing like that, then, then it's often a trigger for imposter syndrome right there. Um, but any, you know, it's really interesting because you go to any academics, right? And they are absolute experts in their field. They spent their yes. entire careers yes. studying this one cell and yes. yeah, things like that. Yes. They will know how much they don't know, right? Okay. So even though that they're forefront of, of, you know, human knowledge and scientific understanding, they will know how much they don't know because there's still more to learn. Mm. The difference with imposter syndrome is you think that makes you bad for some reason you think that makes you not good enough and mm. uh, that's that's not the case so i'm, I'm curious tara how, how did you land on this as a field of work or expertise uh uh is it something that you had to deal with yourself or how i'm curious um so the way i the way i came to it i start when i was 13 i wanted to be a psychologist okay okay yeah good my family didn't want me to because they okay. didn't think there was any money in psychology <laughs> <laughs> which my american psychologist friends thinks is hysterical <laughs> yes. um, so i so i studied engineering um, okay. and i've got a phd in engineering i had a you know 10-year career and then i got back to um, psychology and i uh, trained as a holistic therapist and i started working with people and i was just general people you know working with any kind of crisis or, or, or difficult situation and some people who did really really well but some of them kept coming back right and i'm not supposed to do that <laughs> they're supposed yeah. to be empowered and move on right and so i started looking into why this was it came down to certain beliefs that they were holding. And so 
I then tried to find, you know, what, what is the, the one, what's going on here? And I came across the work of Dr. Greg Bayer. Um, he's in Georgia. And uh, he talked about unconditional worth. Unconditional okay. worth. So okay. I, I, I went through his programs. I trained as a coach in, in his programs, working well. Client came to me when I was doing that work and said, have you heard of imposter syndrome? And I said, no, this is 2016. And it really only had been starting to talk about March in 2015. And I right. said, no, I'll look into it. So I jumped in and I did all this research and I was blown away because the symptoms of imposter syndrome are exactly the symptoms of conditional worth. You know, it was mm -hmm. blindingly obvious because yeah. I'd had that training. So I thought, okay, right. <laughs> right. People can recognize it. The pe reason people don't recognize conditional worth is because it's below the radar. It's an unconscious belief. We, we don't mm -hmm. consciously think, um, oh, I'm feeling bad and I'm blaming myself because of my actions. You know, we don't right. even notice it. It's so prevalent in all societies all around the world. So when I saw that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to specialize in this. And gotcha. so I did loads and loads of research. I, I've interviewed over 700 uh, executives, a one-to-one -one basis about their wow. uh, um, imposter syndrome. I've written a book to guide coaches called Unmasking, Coaches Guide for Imposter Syndrome. And mm -hmm. I've been working with, with them in that, that sense for uh, six years or so now. Okay, okay. And um and I've also then done some extra research into neuroscience because I wanted to understand, okay, what, why does this belief happen? Why yes, does, yes, you yes. know, what's, what's going on? And uh, uh, so I studied neurofeedback, which is where okay. you put electrodes on your brain and you okay. sit in a dark chamber and we measure uh, your brain activity as you go through a belief change process. And we can track and see what's going on in the brain. So mm. I brought all of that together then to, to create a program that gets rid of imposter syndrome based on the science of how the brain creates that belief and perpetuates it. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> so no. it's been journey. Yes, yeah. Well, well, yes, and it's very expansive. And I I very much um uh, and we'll, we'll kind of get in the conversation of getting rid of it. I think when we when we were communicating initially, you said you know there's three ways to outsmart the imposter yeah. syndrome, and uh, and I think there, I'd, I'd love to sort of expand on that a bit further because what I do think is as much as we're talking about what it is, I think it's true value in figuring. Okay, now we know what it is. How do we deal with it? Yes, yes. Well, so, so the outsmarting. So there's outsmart and eliminate. Right? Yes. Yep. So, let's start. Let's, uh, let's start. Let's start with the outsmarting because I, I <laughs> let's start there. Okay. All right. So. So the outsmarting is all about um, your physiology, right? We're going okay. to go into new, new brain science and body science here. So um, the, the thoughts for imposter syndrome, the self-doubt, triggers a part of your brain to say this, this self-doubt being found out, being not good enough is dangerous, right? My tribe is going to reject me, kick me out. Right? This is caveman times, right? Kick me out mm -hmm. and I'll, mm -hmm. I'll die because I can't survive by myself. So that's mm -hmm. the, 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 what the brain is doing. And that triggers the fight, flight and freeze states. And that means that you, you can't think properly. You're emotionally reactive. You make poor decisions. You know, there's, there's a, and you're, you're tense. You can't sleep properly and it affects your health. So the very, very first thing to do 
is to learn neuroregulation, neuro which is getting your body calm. So exercises to, to calm the body, which can be shaking out, it can be deep breathing, uh, all sorts of other things. So step one, get, get your body calm. Okay. Right? Step two is to look at the things around you that would be triggering your imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome is often triggered certain circumstances where you've got high challenge and low support. So if you look okay. in your life and say, okay, where is all the high challenge? And not just work, right? Anywhere that, that's creating stress, taking up your time, making you feel bad about yourself, right? And bring up the support to match your challenge, right? We don't yeah. want to just decrease the challenge. You don't want to start playing small, right? To try and avoid imposter syndrome and, um, and stop feeling bad about ourselves. So bring up the support, increase the level of support you get. In, you know, even logistical things, you know, help, helping, you know, school run for the kids, things like that, getting a tutor, getting, getting somebody to come and uh, mow your lawn, right? You know, the things that could be very, very basic, but bring up those levels of support. So that's the second thing. And then mm -hmm. the third thing um, is to really understand what triggers you. So um, some people with their imposter syndrome, it shows up in very specific situations. Okay. For example, no. you, can have a, you can have somebody who will be very happy to do a talk to a thousand people in a, <laughs> in right. a stadium, yes, yes, right? Yes, yes. But you put them in front of the 12 people on their board and that's their trigger. That's the thing that causes all of this stress. They're thinking bad about themselves. And then you can have somebody else who's complete opposite, right? As to ignoring or pretending it's not there or, or, or some other sort of unsustainable approach, you're like, okay, we'll have to manage this. And, 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 and part of that is recognizing so where I'm at and the triggers as you talked about. And I do, and I do love the idea of, of remaining calm. Because when you're when you're calm within yourself, there, there, there's a sense of peace and your thoughts are it's easy to flow your thoughts through as opposed to just sort of all sorts of random things going on in your head and chaos, which is what the apostle wants you to do, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, you know, it even it even goes deeper than that. In in 2012, mm -hmm. there was a Princeton University study um, where they looked at people who were stressed. And okay. when they weren't stressed, right? Two different, two different, same people, two different uh, situations for them. And what they'd noticed when people are stressed is they make poor decisions, right? They're emotionally reactive. They, they don't look after themselves. They're, 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 they're more impulsive. So, right. you know, they're, they're not managing their lives as well. And they measured these people's um, IQ, their intelligence. They measured before and after the stress. Right, when it was there and when it was not. And they noticed that the intelligence dropped by 13 points. Now, the average IQ is 100, and the okay. standard range goes from between, you know, about 78 to 122. So it's not a very wide range. 13 points is a huge shift yeah. in the IQ. What's yeah. going on there is when your system gets triggered into the fight, flight, and freeze states. Yes. Blood gets redistributed in your body. It goes okay. to your arms and your legs so you can fight, you can run away. Yes. One of the places it gets taken away from, because it's got to come from somewhere, uh, one's your digestive system, 
uh, so you don't you know you don't digest so well so it ruins your appetite kind of thing yeah, yeah. that is the, the part of your brain it's called the prefrontal cortex it's yes. front of your brain just behind your forehead and this is your logical thinking and strategic planning part of the brain oh. so now it makes sense when you're not calm when you're stressed you literally your brain literally does not have the oxygen and the nutrients to be able to function at your wow. full capacity yes 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 that makes so, so much so, sense so staying calm is essential if you want to be performing it at your best so so and and and, and so thank you for that because i've ne never heard that before one and and the other thing it helps i know i've often when, when i've often said that when you're emotional you know you're making emotional decisions is, is never a good thing and now the physiology of you explain as to why that is because you're not having the appropriate level of blood and oxygen, which, you know, blood carries oxygen to, to your brain to be able to make appropriate decisions, right? And so staying, finding ways to stay in that place, I would say, based what you're saying is critical. Yes, yes, absolutely. You, you, wow. you could always, you can almost put that on the poster, you know, if you want to succeed, stay calm, right? That's yeah. what you, it, it's fundamental, yeah. Wow. 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 I was walking with learnings and I've, I've got, you know, the, you know, this, this is definitely a huge learning for me and understanding that. And because, because again, it's, it, what, what it's provide context to something I've always believed in. And I've always believed in sort of, you know, when you're going to make these decisions, just make sure you're calm and you can think properly and think straight and not just react is really what we're talking about here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Um, so we we outsmarted this thing, right? <laughs> we outsmarted it. We found ways to to, to manage it, as you've said. Um, that's only temporary, obviously. We want to get rid of it now, right? That's that's what we ultimately what we really want to do. What does that process look like? So that process involves first getting calm. So doing all the outsmarting okay. stuff first, because what we're doing now is we're changing the brain. So we so the the belief that your worth is conditional. Yes. is a belief that's held in a part of the brain called your amygdala yes which is two little places behind the eyes in front of the ears and and those are your fear filters so like a um, a computer virus checker right it scans all the information comes coming into your brain from your set all of your senses and your thoughts yes and it and it sees is there a danger here is there anything that's going to trip me up is there any anything that's going to threaten me and if it, it finds something that is a potential threat, it triggers the nervous system, right? This is the way that your body is supposed to operate to keep you safe, to allow you to survive. Now, the problem is that the belief that our worth is conditional is stored in the amygdala. So it's one of the things that triggers us. So what we need to do then is change that belief. And we do that by uh, changing the way that our brain thinks about the process. So we go through the step-by-step -step process uh -huh. and uh, it cha we change a combination of emotions and memories. So the way the amygdala operates it, it stores emotion memories. Okay. Right? So it's a combination of the two. You can't separate them out. So you find one of those emotion memories, right? That, that's triggering you. That's, that, that's, you know, making you, you, um, going to fight flight and freeze right and then you step through it in a way to you feel into it you then shift your perspective 
right? So you see the positive. So you, you're feeling the bad about it. Now you shift your perspective and you start to feel more positive about it. And then there's a whole bunch of understanding things. There's a framework to understand right. people in a way that is non-judgmental, is accepting, is very positive. But the thing is, what's going on there is you're changing your emotions. Now, yeah. we get to now. This is this is where it gets really technical. If that's okay. Yeah, 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 please. Yeah. So there are chemicals, neurotransmitters okay. that are released in your brain, okay. and what emotion cre uh, um, stimulates the release of acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter, which makes your brain plastic right it makes your brain able to change so when you have an emotion say a fearful event you have a reaction to it right and then this acetylcholine is is released and if you carry on having a negative emotion it reinforces that belief if you change the emotion then it tamps it down Right. <laughs> is that? So you've got this series of series of um, situations that are kind of the proof to your brain that your worth is conditional, right? Yeah. You've got this right. belief, you've got all these layers of proof. Yes. That yes. This is what happened because this is where your personal experience comes in. So what we do is yes. we take away the proof that your worth is conditional. Mm -hmm. And we get to the point where we're looking at, well, oh, actually, my worth is unconditional. Right. That's the process. So it, it it's yeah. it's psychology, it's neuroscience, yeah. it's physiology. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. How, how long can this take? This process. Um, about eight to twelve weeks. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. Um, that, three, yeah. three, three to four hours a week. Right. It's yeah. not a not a, a full on yeah. process. So, in terms of you know, you, you you talk about things like therapy for example this isn't mm -hmm. therapy but you talk about right. therapy and, and that can be you know for from months to years so this sure. is actually much much shorter because we're using the way that the brain creates memory in the first place to yes. change it yourselves um how we perceive ourselves all these things are important these types of conversations uh to have um what if you saw your your, your your thoughts on that like uh, in, in terms of just these, how how we talk to ourselves how we talk to ourselves, where does that come in in all of this? Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So the, the the way we talk to ourselves is that that's coming back to the imposter syndrome thinking, right? Um, if we try to change just the way we talk to ourselves mm -hmm. without changing our physiology, right? Without getting gotcha. calm, without yeah. changing the right. coping behaviors, the patterns, then we struggle we can't because it's this cycle that's driving yes. it and we, and we can't seem to break out of it so this is why many people say okay let's just um change our mindset about ourselves well that's just yes. trying to that's just trying to focus on one of the symptoms so you've got to actually approach all of these three symptoms together and mm. and, and, and and when you do that then you can outsmart you can do the outsmarting and managing part um yes. But the driver for those thoughts are that belief. So when you yeah. change that belief, when your worth, when your worth is unconditional, then as I say, you forget to doubt yourself, right? It's um it's effortless. Uh it, it, it doesn't occur to you that 
<laughs> this might be personal, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and so rather than being driven by, oh, I have to prove myself and things like that, your, your motivation shifts and it becomes, huh, I wonder what I could do next, right? It becomes expansive mm -hmm. and it becomes an adventure because mm -hmm. you, you can, because you're not, you're not being held back by your thinking, but you're also not trying to just convince yourself that right. everything's okay. Because right, right. part of you, right, this belief will go, oh, no, yep. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And it'll provide all the evidence to prove it, Rusty, right? <laughs> That's, yes, exactly, yes. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the word that kind of comes to mind as you're talking is grace, right? Like having grace with ourselves and giving ourselves space and room to, to um, understand that, okay, in this moment, this thing happened, but that doesn't, uh, that, that's a judgment on who you are as an individual. I love that word. That's beautiful. Yes, grace. I I would say it's a very deep level of self-acceptance, mm. right? And that when you accept yourself, right? And okay, you make mistakes, you know, and right. and you're still okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah you're yeah, still. Yeah. And and as far as your nervous systems, you, you're still safe, right? You can yes. still be calm. Right? Yes. And, and, and that. So yeah, self-acceptance, grace effortlessness so, so here's a word safe i mean it goes right back to safety i mean that's an important one too that you're you are safe and that you know regardless of what your where your thoughts are taking you and where it's going you know where you are in this moment is you're safe and you're calm right and so yes. um those are all all great words that we should be using i think to reinforce in our in our in our in our vocabulary in our minds and our thoughts safe i'm calm i'm okay Yes, yes that, I, definitely that's the direction to go in. Um, now, I know that you understand this from everything that you've said, but, you know, some people hear calm and they think huh? it's a low energy state. Mm. But actually, you can be energized yes. and calm. Uh, you, you can be intensely focused and energized and calm. And that is the flow state or mm. the, the zone that athletes call it. And the flow state is what will also come out when you, you know, the very first part of that is you must be calm. Yes. And then you've got this calm, active energy that, you know, unflappable, I think is another good word. Yes. Yes. I like that word. That's a good, actually, I like that word very much so. Because it says to you, yeah, like, bring it on. I'll just keep going. Right. I'll yes. just keep on going regardless what, and, and that, and, and that's so, so important. I mean, I have to tie it all the way back to the beginning. I talked about the things that prevent us from doing, you know, these great audacious things that we're supposed to do, right? The, the, these are the things. And, and even, even if you, even if we weren't talking about the imposter syndrome, you still, there, there are, there is value in, in remaining calm and, and, you know, having high self-worth um, and even stuff like our confidence is built that way. And it, it, it almost gives us the permission to do the great things we're supposed to or dream. Like all these things are necessary is to us to live this audacious life. That's it. That's it. We, we're simply taking away what's stopping ourselves from expressing our natural audacity. Yes. yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. Tara, this has been uh, so, so awesome. And again, I think for me, what, what immediately you know, I, I locked in on was the idea that if we want to have major success in our lives, and if we want to make the impact that we believe that we're intended to, and if we want to make a difference to others around us and have impact, 
uh, then we've got to take that step. And that step for it's going to be different for every single one of us. But mm-hmm. if we are questioning, if the imposter syndrome has got root in our lives and we're unsure or doubtful or uncertain, then that 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 gets in the way of everything and you know sends us down this spiral that you know, good luck getting out, right? If you let it take control of you. It, it really is. And, and you know, the, the other extreme that it can take you to is that people feel like, oh, well, this is me. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to be doing this level of work, this this size of a project, this big audacious thing. Maybe right. I stop. It causes people to burn out. It causes people to quit careers. Yeah. I mean, it's serious stuff. It has yes. a huge impact. It's it's yes. a chronic, it's it's cumulative. And so, you know, your point about taking action is is that's essential. Do yes. some doing something about it, right? There's two things here. One is you can do something about it, right? Yes. It's not your personality, it's not a personal right. weakness or anything like that. It's right. something you can change and you can do something about it. And the other is, you know, it's really um, not you, right? That is the key. Awesome. Awesome. Tara, this has been so, so wonderful. And I do so much appreciate uh, the, the, the conversation around the imposter syndrome, but not just what it is, but, you know, what we can do to get past it, get rid of it or outsmart it. But I mean, it's, it's, it's important that we do take some form of action. Uh, for our listeners who, who, who want to get learn more about you or catch up with your work, where, where can we send them? Yep. So uh, impostorsyndrome.com. Okay. That's very, very straightforward. And that'll take you to my website. I have an Outsmart Imposter Syndrome course, a little course you can do for yourself. So those first three things we were talking about. Yep. Um, and I have a, a one-to-one program that eliminates the imposter syndrome. And the, the quiz is there too. We'll put the oh, list to the For sure. Yes. And you mentioned your, your, your book as well. Give, give, give us that title again. Yeah. So the, the book out there is for mentors, coaches, and teachers. It's called okay. Unmasking. The Coach's Guide to Imposter Syndrome. You can get it on Amazon. Um, I'm also currently writing my next book, which okay. is going to be out in May. And that is okay. actually called Outsmart Imposter Syndrome because it's it's just the, the essence of it. Right. And um, that includes both the outsmarting part and the belief change part. And I explain yes. all of the neuroscience and there's loads yes, of references. Yes. So uh, oh, yeah, that'll be coming out soon to so look out for that. Absolutely. As you're talking, a thought came to mind about about um, spotting it in other people. What does that look like? Are you able to spot something on the outside when someone going through it at all? Is that is that possible? It can be hard to do because okay. people keep it a secret. And, okay. And one of the things that you, you know, if if you're starting to guess, then you're you're really not. we don't know what's going on inside someone else's head and very often the people that you think are the most Mm. confident the most successful the you know are the ones who are suffering from it the most so uh yeah i'm i mean this this is why it's important to do the work and and why and i appreciate you having me on on the podcast to talk about this because we need to stop it being a secret we need mm. to stop people thinking it's just me. No, it affects over seventy percent of high achievers at some point wow. in their career. Wow! You know, wow. it's not a small thing. Wow! Yeah, and again, and I'm glad. I'm glad that you specifically pointed out the fact that high achievers are susceptible and impacted. It's not just 
because you know it's, it's you're, you're never ever above it right it's always there so yeah it, it is not a development developmental stage definitely. right yeah yeah, yeah. That, as you said it's not for beginners right it's not just <laughs> it's for beginners <laughs> Uh, so funny again th thank you thank you thank you for the time this has been awesome uh, i know i'm walking with my mind a little blown a little bit going oh wow and you know hoping helping me to um even in, even in my own life recognize hey what's happening to me in this moment because i think when i think part of and again it's part of the calmness thing when you can recognize and stop and re what is happening like you take a pause almost and then that will sort of sort of guide your next steps and so that will something i certainly will be thinking about as well so thank you for this my absolute pleasure. This is great to be able to share this with you and all your listeners. All right. Take care. Back we are on the podcast and much thanks and appreciation goes out to Tara for, for being here and opening up our understanding of the imposter complex. Uh, but then and, and even more importantly, how we can smart it, get past it and let it be a thing of the past. So thanks again, Tara, uh, for being here. It's really, really appreciated. You know, uh, there were a lot of great nuggets of insights uh, that Tara shared with us as a reflect on the conversation we had. And I appreciated so much of what she had to say. But if there was just one thing that I would take from our conversation, it would have to be this. As humans, we all crave acceptance and love from those around us. Uh, we desire validation and approval from others to reinforce that we are enough and worthy of their attention. But what if we're able to find that validation within our own selves? What if we could cultivate unconditional self-worth? Now, for, for, for those who are familiar with the term, unconditional self-worth is a belief that we are inherently worthy and valuable regardless of the external circumstances or the opinions of others. Uh, it is accepting and loving all parts of ourselves, including those flaws and mistakes, and really realizing that they do not define us regardless what tells us differently. So the question is, how do you cultivate unconditional self-worth? Well, it starts with awareness and mindfulness. We must become aware of our negative self-talk and the internal criticism and challenge it every opportunity we get with compassion and kindness. It's important to recognize that we are all imperfect humans and will make mistakes. It's just inevitability. But instead of letting those mistakes define us, we can view them as opportunities for growth and development and learning. Ultimately, when we're able to cultivate that unconditional self-worth and recognize that it's a journey, not a destination, it takes time and practice to rewire our thought patterns and beliefs about who we are and what we think about ourselves. But with patience and self-compassion, we can learn to love and accept ourselves unconditionally, just as we are. You know, we've come to the end of another edition of the Audacious Living Podcast. As always, I send my thanks and appreciation to those lovers of Audaciousness for the tremendous ongoing support. It's so much appreciated. I say thank you. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast. 
hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.